everyone. You're listening to the Michael Amade Show, episode 464, Cowboys and Punching Nazis. A little bit over a week and a half ago, Garth Brooks played a massive show to about 84,000 people at Broncos Stadium. He called it one of the best concerts of his career. And it was a huge deal, huge deal, and there was all kinds of great energy around it. The reason I start with this is I want to refer to a review written in Westward Magazine by a guy named Kyle Harris. Now, of course, I'm not calling down Kyle Harris. Kyle, if you're listening, this isn't a critique on you. This is just using this as a jumping off point. But I want to kind of point to something that was said here in the first few paragraphs. And in fact, even the title of the review was a little interesting for me. The title is this, Garth Brooks at Broncos Stadium showed bitter white men a better way. When we look in the first few paragraphs, and I'm just going to quote from Kyle Harris here, it starts off like this. Before we talk about why Garth Brooks can pack 84,000 people into Broncos Stadium and play what he called the best concert of his career, let's set the stage. We live in an age of bitter white men. There's the overgrown racist, sexist toddler in the White House, the petulant, proud boys, the Nazis who don't want to be called Nazis, and the preachers and priests who devote their lives to picking splinters out of other people's eyes and policing genitals. There are school shooters, there are movie theater shooters, there are church shooters, the synagogue shooters, the music festival shooters, and thousands of depressed middle-aged white men who die by suicide each year, and the guys at the NRA who jump in front of a semi to save all those guns. Then there's Garth. That's to set the stage for a Garth Brooks concert review. Now, of course, are crypto-Nazis to be, you know, protected necessarily, you know, in a social setting? Absolutely not. I understand that. Um, the preachers and priests, depending on your point of view, do they? Well, probably not if you're against them. Yes, if you're for them. The school shooters, of course, you can't defend them. Movie theater shooters, you can't. Church shooters, synagogue shooters, any of those people, you can't. The thing I find interesting is the fact that the president, a group called the Proud Boys, which is essentially, uh, I had to look them up, is essentially wanting to go back to kind of like 1950s when men were men and more women were women kind of thing. Crypto-Nazis, preachers, priests, school shooters, mass shooters, essentially, are all lumped in here with middle-aged white men uh, and people who are members of the NRA. I find that really fascinating, and I also feel like it sets the perfect stage for what I want to talk about today, which is uh, judgment and misunderstanding of the other side and what we can do about it. It's hard for me to ignore that the reason this is probably brought up by Kyle and Kyle, like once I said, if you are listening, you have a response, please send me an email. I'd love to talk with you about this, maybe even uh, in a recording, because I think this could be really valuable. But uh, I feel like the stage is being set here because somehow, because of the gun issue, because of uh, the idea of you know the rural communities potentially being more racist and more prejudiced, uh, that they're idiots, that the country audience must be people who are completely backwards and need to be shown a better way to be woke because the people in the city uh, have it right and the people in the countryside are the ones, after all, who voted for Trump. Now, reading this and the rest of the review, 
I had some kind of alarms go off in my head. Uh, not like in a serious panicky way, just a few things that kind of struck me strangely. And it reminds me of the movie Four-Year-Old Virgin, where Steve Carell's friends are trying to get it out of him that he's still a virgin at four years old. And they're talking about uh, the way a woman's breasts feel. And he kind of trying to join in says, yeah, it feels like bags of sand. And they all stop and look at him like, what is wrong with you? I had a few of those moments reading this article because the understanding of the country audience, the understanding of kind of that culture was really oddly off. And I feel like I'm in a unique position to talk about this because I was raised in a city. I have these city values, yet I've been pulled very firmly into cowboy Western culture. And I feel like from those experiences, I got a pretty good feeling about what it's about. And I think it's totally backwards. Let me just say it very plainly. Are there people with prejudice in small towns and in the rural communities? Absolutely. Um, are there people with prejudice and that are racist in the city? Absolutely. There's a smaller sample size of people in a rural community. Maybe there's 20, 30 families in a small town versus, you know, how many thousands and thousands of families, hundreds of thousands of families here in the Denver Front Range. So, I mean, of course, that kind of changes things. So if the one uh, family moves to town that is Hispanic, yes, people will be suspicious because they don't have any other reference experiences yet, but eventually it kind of starts to work out. Now, I've been to these small towns. I've dealt with these people, and I've got to tell you, the people in the country, um, they're just as complex as the people here in the city. There are uh, people of just extreme honor and extreme ability and just a, a spirit and a set of values that just will not give up. They're self-reliant. They're strong. They're independent. They will do anything for their families. And they find this world to be a really rough place. I've seen guys who will confront a mountain lion barehanded, no joke, who are worried about coming to Denver, not because they're afraid they might see people from another uh, racial background, but because they're not sure what these city people are up to. It's, we move too fast, we're a little crazy. You act nuts. If you've spent time in the countryside and you come back to the city, you realize how crazy people who live in the city actually act. It seems like it has nothing to do with reality and they're living by a completely different set of rules. Another thing that I really see from the people in that, you know, that part of our culture, the rural communities, is that a lot of times they will base their judgments on someone, on their character, on what they do, how strong they are, um, not necessarily just physically, but by what they see in life. They'll judge people based on that versus um, just who they are or what social group they belong to. And while I'd like to say that we do that some here in the city, I think more and more, especially in um, the kind of populist liberal movement, which is much more of a feeling movement, that it's people are being classified so much into groups that uh, it becomes really hard to judge anyone based on who they are directly. 
unless of course we're just using complete you know um, we're just completely dressing someone down because of a statement they made at one point or you know some mistake they made we all make huge mistakes and that's a whole other subject entirely which I won't get into today but the thing is is looking at this review assuming of course that one all Garth Brooks fans are country fans which is not exactly true there's a lot of Garth Brooks fans who are just Garth Brooks fans but also that country music is something that needs to be uh, needs to kind of have the context of crypto Nazis of proud boys of priests and preachers of school shooters of NRA members of depressed middle-aged white men who die by suicide each year um, I don't think they need Garth to show them another way I think they're actually much more willing to create this future that so many people are wanting to make. And I think that they have the strength and that individualism, that character. If you think about the old Western archetype, it doesn't even have to be, it doesn't have to be a man. Like we just get that out of your head right now. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of women who buy into this in their own, their own version of it as well. And it could be bought into from any gender, any particular thing. When you think about that individualism, the person who fights back for the community, most of the Western uh, tropes and ideas are around this man who is either a loner or is there for the community fighting back against the rich guy who's trying to take away all of the land to create a big corporation or to try to push. They're trying to keep things um, local and honest and solid. How is that a bad thing, especially in such a contentious time? for you to insult and just assume that you know about who these people are is a grave insult and in fact widens the gap it makes the schism even wider and even harder to get through I personally can go into this for a lot longer and maybe I will at another point I had written an entire thing and decided against putting it out I've been doing that a lot recently and uh the idea really being in defense of the cowboy. We need that spirit, that independent, stand on your own two feet, defend what is right spirit more than anything. And we can either sit there and say, well, they all need to become like us, or we can enlist them and understand that they have been, in many cases, economically thrown under the bus by not just Democrat, not just Republican people, but the entire political system for a long time. And they're feeling it. And this is why they do things like elect a populist candidate versus someone who represented more of the same. We've got to understand them to be able to move on. Which leads me to the next thing, and I'll make this faster because I know I've kind of gone on for a bit. Uh, a few nights ago, I had this idea right before I fell asleep, and I have really strange ideas when that happens. And right before I fell asleep, I had the idea of doing a coloring book called How to Punch Nazis, a coloring book. And I thought it would be hilarious. It seemed like a really funny idea. I investigated how to do it, and I put it up even on social media. You just kind of see what the reaction was. And I actually really do think it would sell. And I, I started kind of putting it together. I mean, it was working really well. It was pretty easy. It's something I could have probably turned around and had out in a week. But then I had this realization, and I did some research on the idea. And I really realized something, and I, I saw a phrase, and it makes sense. I don't think anyone has ever had their mind changed about an issue like this. 
by being punched in the face. Now, of course, we need to shut the Nazi agenda down. That is, of course, the goal. There's no even question about that. The question becomes, what is the best way to do this? And that's where the conversation changes. Now, there is a movement that was started being called Hug a Nazi, which was based on uh, several people's response instead of saying, okay, well, look, instead of punching a Nazi, I'm going to go up and I'm going to engage with them. I'm going to give them love and say, why do you hate me? And actually talk to them. And eventually, um, a lot of times they're finding that the answer comes down to, I don't know. I don't know why I hate you. And that's a place where the conversation can really start. Now, of course, there's a lot of pushback. I mean, I'm reading some tweets right now. I don't know what this movement, hug a Nazi thing is, but you can keep it. And, you know, there's even comments, well, hug them very tightly around the neck because it's, it's, it's um, a powerful thing to be able to say something like that. It makes us feel big. It makes us feel virtuous. And it is this thing called virtue signaling, which, of course, the populist uh, liberals and actually the populist conservatives love doing, um, just showing how virtuous they are by, by words and being aggressive. But that's about you. That's your ego. That's not actually about solu- solving the problem, right? A solution. So let's talk about the solution. Where Malcolm X talked about equality through any means necessary, um, I think that there's another way. Now, I'm going to read this, which is a tweet from a woman, um, which is still kind of on the aggressive side, where she says, white supremacists and Nazis believe that the genocide of everyone who does not look like them or is them, so no, I'm not going to hug a Nazi. Okay, once again, this is uh, this is that virtual signaling thing. She also has a thing where she says, love conquers hate. No, in this case, that narrative is BS, essentially. All right, so we can get militant. We can feel militant. Here's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. If we're arrested every day, if we're exploited every day, if we are trampled over every day, don't ever let anyone pull you so low as to hate them. We must use the weapon of love. We must have compassion and understanding for those who hate us. Now, I'm not saying that we should allow ourselves to start getting arrested and exploited by crypto Nazis. (laughs) What I am saying is that you look at Malcolm X, who had definitely had an effect. And you look at Martin Luther King Jr., who had a much larger effect. Now, you could look about the tools that work. What tools actually make a difference long-term? And I'm not, of course, suggesting anything from anybody other than people in my position, right? I'm a white, straight male. Um, but I also am absolutely for equality and dislike the white supremacist uh, you know, culture and world as much as anyone. I think it's completely ridiculous and adverse to what I believe. When I look at it, maybe it's easy for me to say this. I'm aware that there could be a plank in my own eye here. But I think if I can talk to them, if I can really unravel it, have a conversation, and start trying to expose to them where these ideas are weak and where maybe they're mistaken, that there is a chance changing their mind and in fact a lot of ex-white supremacists agree with me they say that you know love conversation this is actually the way if you just keep hitting them all they see is the opposition they feel like they're being shut up now because you're trying to shut them down 
um, because you know they're speaking the truth and you're part of the globalist agenda. By the way, even though I'm not equating them to Nazis, although some of them are, this is also very much like conservatives um, when liberals are trying to change their mind and trying to you know convince them not to follow uh, you know Donald Trump or whatever. When you're yelling at them, when you're screaming at them, it is not in any way a convincing argument. All you do is shut them down more. So maybe what I'm advocating for, and aware that I could take some heat for this, in both cases, both in the, the cowboy Garth Brooks reference and in the hunching Nazis thing, is that we need to take time to actually understand the complexities that our people understand there is a lot at work. It is a complex web of interactions and events and reactions and, and subtleties. Not that it's okay to let these things take over, but that yelling about them, punching each other, is not really the answer. So while I might have made money with the punching Nazis coloring book, um, I've decided against that because I really feel like the answer is to have discussions and to give love to each other in general. And maybe I'll take heat for that, but I ultimately know that that is the real way. All right, first of all, Kyle, if you are listening to this, if you're still listening to this, send me an email, michaelamity.com, to contact form. Anybody else, you have any opinions, you want to share them with me, I'd love to hear them. I'm open for discussion, even if you totally disagree with what I have to say. If you find yourself being creative with poetry, lyrics, or short fiction, consider listening to my radio show, World Poetry Open Mic. We broadcast every Friday at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can find us at worldpoetryopenmic.net. But until next time for this podcast, which will be tomorrow, keep living authentically and keep living creatively.